Welcome to Self Storage Lab, where we deconstruct how operators are adapting to today's technology-driven landscape and how it might impact your business. Even with facility occupancy at all-time highs this year, operators should begin exploring fresh ways to market their facilities. Even in a booming market, you can build momentum and capitalize on the steady demand. By embracing new email marketing concepts, you can stay ahead of the curve, engage new tenants, and educate customers on your facility amenities and company news. Today, we'll break down how it affects operators and customers alike, what to look for when making a decision, and discuss some tools you can use to streamline your email marketing. We'll explore important KPIs, personalization at scale, and different content types, among a lot of other really nerdy things. So with that, let's jump into it. I know, Rodolfo, this is uh, very much your uh, realm, and so I'm sure you have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, Mason does as well. Mason writes some pretty crisp emails, if I were to say something myself. <laughs> All right, so let's maybe get started with what is email marketing and why is it important uh, to be focused on it as an operator? Yeah, I mean, I, I can uh, I can start. I mean, email marketing, I feel like, is critical. Um, it has changed definitely over the last few years with... Uh, Obviously, changes to how brands communicate with their customers, but I still think it's critical. It's one of the main channels uh, to build a brand and community with your customers. Uh, back in the day, it was obviously you need to uh, spend money on on ads, TV, um, you know, newspaper, etc. Now, now we have email, where it's an easy, cost-effective way right, to get into somebody's uh, personal uh, space. Uh, but obviously, nowadays, there's there's a lot of that. Uh, some people have taken advantage of that. So I think marketers need to be smart about how they do email marketing. So because if, if you think about it, if somebody willingly signs up for your newsletter or gives you their email, they're literally inviting you to take a spot uh, in their inbox in order to learn more about what you have to offer. Yeah, I mean, email marketing is still the king of how we communicate uh, today in, in this internet world. Uh, despite the rise of social, people still use their email more than any other platform. And I think as you know, we dive into what all entails with an email marketing, I think it's important for us to kind of outline some of the key elements, right? Uh, some of the best practices before we start diving into the nerdy stuff, like how Kyle, Kyle mentioned earlier. And I think, you know, to start off as an operator, whenever you're thinking about email marketing, you, know, you should have uh, some of these in the back of your head um, as you're talking to, you know, if you're doing this yourself or maybe you have uh, a marketer on the team leading these efforts, but make sure, you know, one, uh, have some type of uh, checklist, right, before sending uh, these type of massive email campaigns. There's so much that you can do with email marketing, uh, that being for, you know, a, a specific audience uh, or, or new, like new customers or even uh, for current customers, right? So make sure there's a checklist for what that campaign is going to be. Make sure there's templates to make your life easier, right? And I'm sure Kyle can probably talk about some of this stuff here in a bit. Um, the other thing is you know, segmenting your audience, uh, how, you know, knowing who you're sending a campaign to is very important. So I think 
uh, us diving into uh, how to segment the different types of personas are going to be super interesting and, and important for operators. Next up is, you know, obviously the content itself. Right, exploring specific types of contents for these specific type of, of personas that you're sending to is going to be critical. Like I said before, now you're competing with everyone else that's sending an email and, and filling up somebody's inbox. So you have to stand uh, up from the crowd and and be able to uh, have a unique voice, right? Uh, to have someone open your your email. Um, and then the last thing that I would say there is have a goal in mind. Make sure you're tracking it. Make sure that whatever tool you're using has some type of analytics so you can learn from it. Um, and lastly, follow the law too. Uh, we'll we'll dive into some of the laws and and uh, you know, spamming filters that you might encounter, uh, so you don't have to you don't get pinged by some of the the large uh, IP providers, etc. Rodolfo, you you mentioned uh, having a checklist. Can you kind of give us an idea what that checklist might look like? Sure. So whenever I mention having a checklist, I'm referring to at least from the operational side. What are the important steps that you need to consider before pressing send? Right. And so, you know, that can mean anything from making sure that you have uh, the campaign ready to go. And I think Kyle can, can jump into a little bit of that here in a second. On the other side, making sure that you have the list ready. Um, there's a, a step even before printing, printing send that will help with deliverability by you know making sure you're validating those emails before you actually press send um, before you do that. So you're sure that, hey, these are all emails that are correct, um, they're healthy, and they will actually receive uh, whatever campaign we're pressing and, and, and sending, making sure that you're going through and identifying, hey, Let's make sure we click on a preview of the email. Are there any issues? Are there any typos, broken links? This is all super important because, you know, at the end of the day, you don't want to, uh, you know, send something out that does not meet your standard of, of, of quality um, and might, you know, show off as being spammy uh, to the actual recipient. So that's that's what I meant by, by having some type of checklist. And I can jump in a little bit there too. You know, a, a lot of what goes into an email uh, campaign is all around your branding, right? So does it have your logo? What colors does it use? Um, every email marketing tool or platform that you use is going to have some kind of uh, template that you can use. And so they'll, they'll have a lot of different types you can choose from, whether it's fancy, it's simple. Um, it might change between, you know, depending on season or even depending on the campaign. So I think deciding to choose or deciding which template to use and then making sure it fits your brand is really important. Um, another consideration there too is desktop versus mobile. As mobile usage continues to grow, it's really important that the email looks, looks good on b- both mobile and desktop. And so um, this is this is a technical nerdy thing, but, you know, the recommended size like as far as width of the email is 600 pixels and so you don't want to go any any wider than that because it's gonna not really look good um across devices and this this is actually a bigger problem than i think a lot of people realize designing and um creating an email that works across every single device it could possibly you know every inbox it could possibly land in is, is really important like if you think about like 
somebody with a really small phone versus like a really big phone, a tablet, a desktop, um, a laptop, all those different um, variations, but also depending on what kind of um, actual email tool they're using. Are they using, you know, Gmail on the web? Are they using iOS mail? Are they using Microsoft (laughs) Office Outlook? There's all kinds of different um, uh, email renderers um, and those all treat emails differently. I had this as a note to cover a little later, but there's a tool called Litmus that actually uses or, or is used to test your emails in most of the traditional web and popular mobile device clients. So uh, there are tools out there that will help with some of the things that you're talking about, Kyle. And, and you know, one of my big pet peeves in email marketing, and there'll be a couple others that, that pop up throughout the conversation today, uh, is what you touched on, Rodolfo, is the the link checking. Um, there's nothing worse than, you know, being caught up in an email and, or like engaged in an email and then going to click on that call to action. You sold me on it and it going absolutely no, nowhere because somebody didn't do their job at the very last minute and check to make sure all the links were correctly uh, inputted into the, to the email template. Yeah, it's 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 so important. I even I mean, one of the tools that we use right internally, shout out Sendrid. If you want to sponsor this podcast, call us. Um SendGrid has all those too, and and we'll we'll talk about that. But but again, just it's important to reiterate how how before pressing send, please test uh, test preview the, the email campaign, validate that all those emails that you're actually sending to are healthy, and 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 they're the right emails, and make sure you're tracking. And we'll we'll go into that as to how to set up tracking uh, on your URLs and all that, so you actually know what what the conversion rate is on on these campaigns, and you can actually measure them. So and Let's not mention Outlook anymore in this podcast, please. <laughs> Sadly, um, it's a very widely used software. <laughs> I know, I know. So, Rodolfo, you know, we've kind of covered like, you know, how to, some of these things to start to start looking at as far as like creating your email campaign. One thing I've, I'm always curious about is like, who am I sending this to? Like, how do I build this audience? And... You know, you, you think you've also talked about like segmentation, like how do I start to break that down and like send these campaigns uh, to the people that are most important? Yeah, I think, I mean, maybe taking a step back, the first thing that you need to, to ask yourself is, do you even have a list, right? If you don't, you need to start building a list. Um, there's different ways to do that, to accelerate that. Um, I don't recommend but you cannot you can always start with buying a list based on zip codes or demographic criteria based on you know the locality right that's always a, an easy way to to start it's it's relatively also not it's not cheap but it, it is a way to start um but most operators probably through some type of uh you know wait list on their facility or just organic traffic, right? Everyone's searching on Google storage near me and they'll get some type of lead, right? It's important to start collecting those emails and and it's not always about trying to to sell them, right? It's, you know, make sure you're, they're being added to your newsletter list so you can re-engage them later on, right? Whenever I talk about segmenting, a lot of people have these lists that being 100 people, that being 1,000 people, that being 10,000 people. 
but that's all they do with it. They just send these mass uh, unappealing uh, email marketing campaigns to the whole list without really diving into segmentation. And what I mean by that is, is where in that list, like what, what criteria, what attributes can you identify, right, to kind of slice and dice that list and, tr and try to make whatever campaign you're actually sending more personal? You know, and that could be as easy as, okay, well, within my facilities, some of the amenities that we offer, we have, uh, we offer RV storage or boat storage. So that's one list right there for our RV and boat owners. We also have a, a huge uh, population that uses self-storage, college students. So college students might be another persona for you. Uh, you can dive even deeper into like what I was mentioning with zip codes and whatnot. You know, people that are moving uh, or that have moved recently to to the neighborhood that you're in or, or maybe, uh, you know, people that have moved recently to the state. I know you can uh, get those lists through some of the government sites, et cetera. And another type of persona might be a business storage. Right. So, again, all these different personas you can use um, and, and start thinking about it. it's like, OK, what content now can we create? What type of campaigns can we create that are relevant for each of these personas? And I 100 percent guarantee that your conversion rates will be even will, will increase will be a lot better if you really think about segmentation. I really like the examples you gave there, Rodolfo, around some of the personas, uh, you know, whether it be email, uh, the college students, the business owners, uh, recent uh, movers, etc. You know, I think those lists, um, or maybe not even those lists, but greater list at whole, if you don't know the exact persona, there's other ways to divide uh, your list as well, right? Just generally around age and gender. So demographic data, uh, psychographic data maybe we know a uh, specific interest you mentioned that with rv and boat storage um you know maybe you're in a location um that has you know a lot of interest in hunting uh going out into the woods you know other types of interest that you could sit there and 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 touch on other life events might be people that are having their first child uh, these are other psychographic datas and then behavioral which kind of showcases in some of what we just touched on but that's purchase history uh browsing patterns um in our most previous episode we talked about cookies tracking us and some of the privacy concerns we won't get into that but you know if you can understand how people are navigating your website uh what are they looking for what blog post are they clicking on what blog post are they spending the most time on i think that's a really interesting way to personalize and send an email that speaks to me or speaks to that individual yes now we're getting nerdy i like this i like Dude, where this I, is going i've kept my mouth shut with all the the, <laughs> the talk of nerding out this go round. but uh every time that somebody says we're gonna get nerdy in this it, it really gets me excited i think that's like the the unofficial tagline of the self-storage lab is get nerdy with us yeah something you said in the last podcast uh, who was it I forget. I get actually. hot and bothered. Uh, hot and bothered. Exactly. That's, that's <laughs> the analytics and data. So maybe maybe it's hot and nerdy. You know, maybe there that's it. Um, but but just to add real quick to that, I I didn't think about that. That's super interesting too. You know, if you think about like, uh, you know, coming from Colorado, being a, a huge snow snowboarding or, or skiing, like a lot of people need that stuff, right? To to store. Even uh, I'm you know being from Puerto Rico, surfing is huge, but people need to store their boards somewhere, and so. Uh, knowing where your 
you know, who your audience is, right, uh, can can benefit you whenever you're trying to create some type of promo or, or campaign. So that's awesome. Most of the most of my stuff that's in storage right now is woodworking equipment. I don't have anywhere to put it in the house currently. And so, you know, I've got, uh, you know, routers and table saws and a lot of different uh, woodworking equipment and storage. So, I mean, you know, yeah. somebody that that speaks directly to techniques around woodworking might be something that, you know, speaks that's directly cool. to me. See, I wonder though, you know, how how does a storage operator, store manager get that information from you? Maybe is it like in the move-in? Maybe like you you fill out a survey or something, or maybe it's a store manager talking to you and kind of trying to understand a little bit more about your life, right? Like, how do you actually get a little bit more of that s- specific information? You no, know, like, hey, Mason's uh, really into woodworking. I don't know. That, that's interesting. But yeah, I mean, I think it goes to some of that behavioral stuff, right? Um, yeah. What, maybe you have a blog post on on that. You know, I think I think your examples are probably a little bit better than mine around, uh, you know, the ski towns or people that own RVs and campgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you could really easily create how to properly store your snow gear for the yeah. winter or for the summer, yeah. right? And see how people are reading and reacting on your own websites. Well, yeah, that's 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 fair because that's the whole point about email marketing, right? Like maybe having a blog or something about that, and actually seeing the the traffic from your list, how many people clicked on that blog, and then that that'll tell you, give you a little bit more insight. So that that, that is really that's really cool. Last thing I'm going to say about building a list is I also understand that operators, uh, you know, either buy a facility or are working on renovating, and and maybe one of their facilities isn't open just yet. It's really smart if you need to continue building that list to create a wait list for that store. Put it on your website. Even if it's not open, you can't take reservations, but at least take emails. At least take a wait list and start building that list from that store. So whenever that store is ready, you can start a campaign maybe uh, two weeks earlier to start filling out those units that are vacant, right? And, and by the time that it's open, you'll probably have half or 70% of them taken. So uh, definitely keep that in mind. The last thing, and I can't believe it's taken us this long to say it with list building, your customers. Like you should have your customers' um, emails on file, right? So having your existing customers already uh, in a list, there's other types of email marketing that we can use to uh, make sure that we're building that relationship. I think self-storage is one of those things. So I want to dive in a little bit more into, so we've kind of defined like, you know, you're building a list, you have different um, personas and you have, you segment that list, but let's, I want to dive a little bit deeper into the campaigns. Like what, what type of campaign should I be sending? And like, I'm, I worry about like things just being constantly too salesy. Like how, how can we make content that is engaging, but it's not always like, you know, you're not being the, the car salesperson. Yeah, I think it's important to remember that your guest and their inbox, right? That you kind of have to have that mindset as you're going into these email marketing campaigns. And, you know, just because I touched on uh, the existing customers, I think some of the content types uh, that I'll start with is around important moments in that customer journey. So on lease signing, on move in and move out, uh, on bill pays, right? So a reminder that a bill is upcoming, or if I'm in auto pay, a confirmation that my auto pay was successful. Um, 
and going down again with some of the customer style emails. Maybe you just purchased a new facility, as Rodolfo mentioned, uh, and you're going to be making facility enhancements. A really great way to start building a relationship is to inform your existing customers around facility enhancements. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, I think that is very like there's a difference between also to, to keep in mind marketing versus transactional. Right, the bill pay, the all that stuff that is customer centric is transactional. Where, you know, you have to make sure. Obviously, you have that the, those emails from your customers that are that are good. But those those are things that you can automate, which is awesome. That's how you have your facility management softwares or or things like Swivel or things like that. Right, that you can automate that, and and it's it, they'll they'll definitely open that if if it's about paying their bill or receipt, they'll definitely look at that. But then whenever we talk about marketing emails, right, that's where I think it's important to define the the goal, right? Like taking a step back, like whenever you're talking about a campaign, make sure that there is a goal in mind. So you know, whenever we're talking about insight analytics, you can actually start tracking those correctly, right? It's not enough for you to say. Hey, I want to, from this email campaign, I want to convert 10 leads, right? It's important for you if you have sent emails before to, to look at previous campaigns or, or even industry benchmarks in general to, to have an idea, right? And then, you know, from that end, right, what, what goal is in mind? You have to start kind of asking the question, what action do I want my recipient to take from this email? So a couple example campaigns that an operator might run are brand awareness, uh, right? Uh, things like what what Mason alluded to, like kind of those, um, you know, auto pay, talking about auto pay, and maybe maybe there's a new feature and how it's easy to set up, right? You want to we want to push people to to start doing more of the uh, or signing up and rolling to auto pay. Maybe there's something about you're offering new tenant insurance, right? Use that to your advantage to, to start educating and and and, and upselling. At the same time, or maybe there's some type of promo, right? Because there's a, a specific subset of your stores or, or some type of neighborhood that has low occupancy. So what can you do there, right? With that campaign goal of like, you want to increase occupancy, what can you do there to, to help those stores out? So again, it's all about, you know, first make sure before you hit send and all that, you have a goal in mind, so you know what you're tracking and what questions you're asking, so your team can, you know, is better served to, to answer those questions through the data. I want to jump here for a second and kind of play, um, or kind of look at this from the in customers uh, lens. You know, I think one of the things that's really important too is um, how you manage your email preferences. So, um, you know, like for instance, I think it's, it'd be great if you're sending a lot of the different types of campaigns. To allow the end customer to, um, for instance, like let, let's say they definitely want your account related emails. Like I can always have those. I may want to unsubscribe from the marketing emails or, you know, special offers and promotions, but I may also still want to subscribe to like a blog and newsletter content, like tips and tricks, that kind of stuff. Because, you know, if we don't want them to unsubscribe altogether, you know, this person's more valuable if they stick around for at least one option. You know, you don't want them, if, if you only have like, hey, like, we all, you can either be subscribed or you can unsubscribe, you know, then if they just unsubscribe, then you've kind of lost communication there. Pet peeve number two for Mason. We're in the get off my lawn corner. Man, that unsubscribe button better work. 
you know, and I, and I, one click, let me unsubscribe, you know, maybe give me an option on that next page to customize what I'm still getting, but let me unsubscribe make, and don't hide that. Don't give me some dark web, uh, you know, tactics and UI stuff where it's like hidden and I've got to search underneath like different buttons to find out how to unsubscribe. Just make it easy if, if you're hitting my inbox to, to 100%, say goodbye. 100%. It should be just as easy to unsubscribe as it is to subscribe. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, from, from that perspective, right, the unsubscribe button, a lot of people, I feel like as a marketer or whatnot, or sales individual, you feel the urge to hide it. Right, because you don't want you don't want that list to trickle down. But it's actually really important to to keep your list clean and healthy. It's important because you don't want th- those emails that don't work. Those people that didn't even want to receive your outreach or communication in the first place that will impact your bounce rate, um, and then that will have a domino effect on on a lot of your other analytics and engagement uh, within those emails. So again, it's it's really important to. One, legality wise, you you need to you need to add an unsubscribe. That's like that is a a no no if you take that out. Um, people can sue you for that. Uh, but two, it actually it actually helps, right? It actually helps really keep your list uh, focused, concentrated, and really know uh, the health around your list. And then you can start really a b testing it and doing a lot more with that list. Uh, kind of what we were talking about earlier with with slicing and dicing and creating these segmentations and personas from it. So please keep that in mind. List health. That's interesting. Like a, an interesting like topic to to go down. But the point that I'll make there is quality over quantity. One hundred percent. And I think, I mean, with that said, you know, I don't know if it's uh if you had anything else in mind on on, on that topic, Kyle, but looking at some of the uh, the key KPIs uh, might be interesting to, to start talking about. Yeah, I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that. So, you know, we've, we've got our list, we've got our, our campaigns, but what's, Im- I want to ask like you guys, like what's important to be measuring there? You know, we talk about KPIs, but just from like a, a, a simple standpoint, like you're, you're talking about open rate, you know, bounce rate when, the, when they get to a website. Uh, what What's important to be, to be uh, measuring? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things, right? So a lot of the ones that every marketer probably knows and, and it's important for operators to to understand are you know, things like engagement rate, right? Open rate, click-through rate, et cetera. And so we'll, we'll talk about that. Engagement rate is actually whenever, um, well, let's start with open rate since that's probably the, the, the first one that happens, is that, that usually comes from really the subject line. Right. It's whenever an email, if you think about it, hits your inbox, you see the sender and then you see the subject line. It has to attract me enough for me to actually click on it and open that that email. If not, I'll probably either I'll move it over to spam or delete it. Right. That's what happens. So think about open rate. What things the thing that affects the open rate is the subject line. So make it conversational, make it appealing. Um, it's probably one of the most important things to really if you're talking about copy and content like that one's a very important thing to, to think about yeah one, one thing i'll just add there quickly is you know we talked about in previous episodes a b testing like on your website mm-hmm. um most of the email marketing tools will have a way for you to a b test i think this is a really um easy thing to kind of uh, take advantage of so like a big thing a b test subject lines so 
does, or A, B, in test. So you might have four or five different um, subject lines that you're going to test and see, um, you know, which one has, has the best open rate. And then you can, um, you, you can test that with like a smaller subset of your audience. And then you can find one that works and then use the one that works and send it out to the, to the broader um, audience. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going is, is, is how to execute on that, that A-B test, right? Uh, and we'll keep going on like the, the KPIs of the entire campaign. But I think it's important if you're uh, trying to understand, say, what do I send out to the greater list to take a small subset of that list or two small subsets, run that experiment, uh, test one element at a time, control the time of day, the day a week, so that there's not all these other variables going into a uh, bias of that email test. And then once you find that success, uh, that goes out to the broader email list. One thing I want to add to the open rate um, you know, other than subject line and whatnot to the and, and A-B tests. I think something that a lot of people forget is actually also keeping in mind the preview text, right? So that's something I forgot to mention. Like the, you, you'll see the subject first, but actually a lot of emails, depending on how you kind of condense the view of your inbox and whatnot, you can actually see the first sentence of that email. And so I've learned that from my previous lives in marketing and, and a lot of stuff that I do with sales is that first sentence actually is really important because it is the the intro to that email and that usually any every inbox that I've worked with usually presents it to you. And so make sure that the subject line and that preview text, uh, again, which is that typically that first sentence within your email is compelling enough um, as you as you go in and, and test that. So that's all I want to say there. Pet peeve number three. <laughs> All right. When the mail merge doesn't work correctly. So, Rodolfo, you touched on your pre-checklist of the email marketing campaign, and you just touched on like subject and first a uh, couple of sentences that are going to be previewed. If you're trying to send me something that says my name in it, make sure that whether it be my first name or first name and last name, make sure that that mail merge is working correctly because like... I'll immediately trash it if it's if that mail merge, which mail merge means you're taking the first name and variableizing that so that it uh, Kyle gets something that says "Hey Kyle" and Rodolfo gets something that says "Hey Rodolfo," uh, etc. So yeah, there's nothing more impersonal than getting email. Hey, first name, first name, <laughs> and I think this this goes back to earlier we were talking about your list and like managing your list. It's important to stay on top of that. Um, and quality over, over quantity, right? So make sure you have the names uh, for each one of your your um, y- your recipients. Man, we can have a whole discussion around names because that is my number one and only pet peeve. I get it. I get that. Um, you know, you're you have a job to do and you're hitting your list, but and I get that my name specifically, right, Rodolfo, is not not the average name. It's fine. It's cool. But man, if you're going to try to send me an email and trying to get my business, at least put a little bit of effort. You have my email. My name's in my email. Why are you saying, <laughs> hey, Randolfo or hey, Rudolph or hey, something else? It is even about know. to be Christmas time. So Yeah, well, but I'm like, man, you know, do a little bit of at least personalization. Make sure that that's all set up correctly. So I agree with you, Mason. Okay, so we talked about um, the, the subject and the 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 um 
short description being important, what other things should we be measuring, you know, as far as like, we, we talked about, about open rate. Um, yeah. What, what else is important here? Yeah. Let's just touch on again, you know, there's a couple of main KPIs in email marketing that you're probably going to track with every single campaign. Uh, and something that we touched on in the business intelligence episode, if you haven't listened to it yet, go and listen to it. It's awesome. We nerd out really like for a whole 45 minutes. It's great. It's, understanding what you're trying to drive. So if your North Star KPI is just open rates, then that's great. You're going to be optimizing that subject line. If you're trying to make a sell or click through to a blog page, or uh, maybe you just launched a new podcast and you're trying to get people to subscribe to that podcast, it's really important to understand that that KPI is the thing that you're trying to drive. Yep. And, you know, to, to add to that, um, you know, another, another, like just hitting a high level, right. Things to, to look at that KPI, I think, you know, with open rates and, and whatnot, they're all good. They're, they're great, but sometimes people focus too much on those, right? That's what we call vanity metrics. And so you really need to go back into, you know, as we discuss goals, what is your goal? And a lot of that comes down to click-through rates, right? The conversion rates, et cetera. And so whenever you're thinking about that, you know, click-through rate is actually, you know, whenever you have some type of call to action within your email campaign, right? And what is that thing that you want the recipient to do? Most likely it's either to click through, to go to a blog, right? And then in, within the blog, you're capturing their, their email, right? So that's a conversion. The click-through rate is that click right? From, from newsletter to blog, there's other stuff like enrolling an auto pay, right? So there's, there's a funnel. You have to think about all this stuff as a funnel, your email newsletter, that campaign, that button within the email that I'm receiving, and then transitioning to another page. That, that's a whole funnel. And so that's where, you know, we can talk about that later on, but that's where you start really looking at, at, at things as a whole marketing funnel. Where are the leaky points within that funnel? And that's where you try to optimize, you do the A-B testing, et cetera, to, to keep improving that those uh, those uh, transitions into each deeper, deeper into that funnel. And so again, click-through rate is, is really important because that's something that you can uh, track. A lot of your, your, if you're using some type of, uh, you know, email provider like MailChimp or something like that, they're really good at, at tracking that and letting you know your click-through rate. But something, if you want to go deeper, make sure that any link that you have you're tracking yourself, right? You have some type of a URL parameter. If you're sending them to different, there's you're, you're dealing with a bunch of URLs and you're sending them to different pages. Make sure that you're tracking those internally as well, um, even through Google Analytics, right? Uh, so so you can really understand that whole funnel and how everything is, is moving along. Yeah, and I, I think there are a couple of things to test in order to try to uh, drive that KPI, right? We've talked about subject line. We've talked about the preview. You know, Rodolfo, you've talked about like links. Uh, those could be presented as buttons. Maybe the link works better, right? So the hypertext with the underline and the blue, um, maybe multiple call to action buttons throughout the page. Uh, another thing that we haven't touched on is the time of day that an email is delivered might affect all of this. So, you know, if you send it to me at four o'clock in the morning, 
probably just going to delete it first thing in the morning. If it comes in a little later in, in the afternoon and I'm browsing my email and keeping up with stuff from a work perspective, maybe I'm more likely to open, read, engage. Now that that could somebody else's schedule their daily uh, to do's might be completely different than mine, but you're really trying to understand what your demographics, your lists, how their actions, uh, you know, push something, something else that you might test is copy length. You know, I think we try to be as short and to the point as we possibly can. But, you know, there are emails that I get every single day that are a little longer. And I love to I love reading through the whole thing. Uh, You know, I've subscribed to those because I want to read to them, uh, etc. Obviously, I think we've we've touched on these already, but just to highlight, since we're talking about statistics here and KPIs, obviously keep an eye on the bounce rate. Right, we've already talked about that. That's why you have to do this on your pre pre campaign checklist. But just make sure you don't have any bad email addresses. If you have a high bounce rate, it means that there's something wrong in your list. Unsubscribe rate, right? That means that your content is unfortunately turning people away. Right. Or maybe you send them too early and you hit someone like Mason and he's just going to delete your email. So, you know, just make sure that, you know, and and it's valuable, right? The unscribe rate is valuable. It tells you, okay, well, there's maybe this type of content with our strategy with this type of segmentation. Um, Our hypothesis didn't work. Uh, as as we expected, so let's let's test it again, right? Let's let's com- reconfigure the content a little bit and 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 go back to the drawing board. Now, outside of those KPIs that a lot of people, I, I would I would assume a lot of marketers know about these, but you know, outside of this, something to keep in mind, something that maybe thinking outside the box for operators, uh, stuff that people don't really mention a lot. For me, I would look to the shares, right? The referral rate, you know, it's super interesting. And I I know certain newsletters that I get that I subscribe to personally do this really where they, they grow organically because they make it really easy to share the content on in the newsletter to your friends, right? To my community. And so making sure that you have either uh, social uh, sharing options within your newsletter, which uh, there's email platforms that, that, make it super easy for you to do. So you can share the content like, hey, um, they had interesting news. I'm going to share it to my Facebook or Twitter, right? And it already like um, kind of does like auto summary or, or already fills in a sentence. And I just, all I have to do is click tweet and boom, I, I shared your content through that through that click. So it's super interesting. And I think, again, going back to tracking your links, and all, it's really important for you to track the referral rate and the share rate. Another thing to, to track is, loyalty right that's that could be a whole even that could be a whole different persona for you who from your customers who are who are your vips now you know if you know your vips that's where you want to go back to them and and you know send them special promotions just for them right or or how can they through organic growth or through referrals how can you uh you know kind of Talk to them in a way where they can help you grow your list and be brand ambassadors to to the brand that you're trying to build. So I think those two things are really important that sometimes are a little bit outside the box. You have to think outside the box, get a little bit more creative, but not a lot of people track that. And I think that those are really critical for your success whenever you're talking about email marketing, even just multi-channel marketing. That's great, Rodolfo. So I'm curious how often we should be sending campaigns and at, at what cadence, like what's, uh, 
what's and you you know i think either you uh rodolfo or mason you'll have you've, i've heard you say this before like keeping your list warm like i guess like how to keep them engaged like you know content's one of the things but how often should i be sending this stuff i don't think that there's a one size fits all uh answer to the question of like how often should i be sending information uh, i think your list the people that you're talking to that's going to dictate how often you're touching them uh etc but you know what i would say is that you don't want to wait three months <laughs> you know you, you probably also don't want to send something every other day right and so finding that sweet spot in between being annoying and in somebody's inbox uh and, and not showing up and saying hello often enough is really the objective here now if you've got something that's intriguing and interesting and people are wanting to engage with i think you know frequent the touch having a touch point and on a frequency that's a little bit shorter you know on the weekly basis is probably okay um but you know you don't want that salesperson in your inbox every thursday at the same exact time yeah this is where i would say it's important for you to go back and and dive into the data, dive into whatever campaigns you've already sent and, and really start drawing that those data points and to, to inform you. And also, again, look at industry benchmarks, look at parallel industries and their benchmarks, learn from from that and and see if you can use that to to honestly get get on top of the competition, right? Uh, your local competitors, you can you can really learn a lot about some of the other industries, how they're doing things. And, and how that applies to your business or to self-storage in general. Kyle, Rodolfo, do you guys have any examples of people that are doing it really well? I knew you were going to ask this question. And <laughs> all of mine are like super niche and nerdy and no one knows what they are. So, <laughs> so no. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, all right. So within the industry... I'd say, you know, I like, you know what? I like, I'll give a shout out to a couple people. SBOA, Jessica is, has, and her team, they do a, a good job. I, I would like reading the newsletter because I know she has a lot of events or webinars or educational. So they focus a lot on education, right? I think that's, that's the whole point of the business. But it's really awesome because they're always putting out content, webinars, um, events. Um, I do like what she does with her newsletter where she actually asks her list, her audience uh, questions. There's survey feedback in there where you can actually click click uh, on the question or poll and you're, you know, you're informing them, right? Um, and, and helps them provide better educational content in return. So it's like a little flywheel. So I, I like that. That's, that's really cool. Um, another shout out to like, uh, I know we've shout, shout them out before, but the pug team, um, they're, they're always doing some good stuff with like their gap focus and, and, uh, providing like little, you know, ensuring that, that there's uh, snippets and overviews that are really informative as to, Hey, do I actually do, do I want to, uh, participate in this webinar? Do I want to attend? They're really good at kind of providing the snippets and what you'll learned, um, and, and always have like some type of, um, ebook that they're coming out with. And so they, they share those announcements. So again, it's not something that it's every single day or, or even every week, but they have a good cadence so that you can, you can probably learn from. That's awesome. I'll, I'll also shout out to some of the large REITs. Um, you know, as you mentioned, the best 
artist copy, um, public and extra space are really good, even at the transactional emails. Uh, so right now I have some stuff stored in a public uh, facility. And, you know, even in my monthly payment reminders, um, you know, I get call to actions and offerings to do some of the stuff that you just mentioned, Rodolfo. Hey, inter- share this with a friend with a ch- for a chance to win $1,000, uh, you know, moving tips. Do you need any boxes, et cetera? Um, and so even those transactional emails that I get as a customer, existing customer around things that are happening every single month, uh, they're a little bit more than just the bill, just the statement. Uh, there's some content that probably interests me at some point in time, whether it be uh, an offering or uh, the ability for me to maximize my space a little bit better as well, too. And then going outside of the industry, I don't know that I've talked about this um, in the podcast yet, but I use a email client called Superhuman, um, and I absolutely love their emails that they send uh, to me. They're bite-sized, they're very visual. So they've got typically gifts uh, within them and the call to actions are extremely personal. It feels like it's coming directly from their CEO every single time uh, and that's really awesome. And then the last one outside of the industry, I don't even use this tool all that often. This is a tool that Kyle lives in. He sharpens his crowns in um, Sketch. But I actually open the sketch marketing emails pretty regularly because they do a really good job of kind of bringing together a lot of industry news outside of the sketch ecosystem uh, that I'm interested in. And so, you know, I think they just do a really good job there. Was that a little bit of your uh, Southern accent? Did that come out a little bit? Oh, probably. I mean, I, mean, oh. I think he meant to say crayon. Crayon. Yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, I think but he said crown. Like, <laughs> oh, no, I, I heard. I heard the. I heard the like crown. You know, I can't do a southern accent, but either way, I was like, oh, Georgia accent right there. Um, cool. And by the way, I just know you guys it. love me when you make fun of me, right? <laughs> we always have to find the opportunity, of course. Um, I'm hot and bothered right now. <laughs> But uh, also want to make sure it's not an ad. We're not we're not advertising anyone, and uh, we don't we're, we don't we're not giving storage recommendations or advice. <laughs> Thank you for the disclaimer. <laughs> it's like, almost like we just launched a financial podcast yeah. at the same time, right? <laughs> so I want to kind of move this towards you know we've talked about like what it is and a lot of the, the details about this, but like, let's, let's talk about like what to look, what to look for when making a decision and some of the actual tools. Like let's, let's talk about you know, some of the favorite tools or things that people should be looking for when making this decision. And I think I, I want to start with, you know, I think before you decide on any, any of this stuff, you need to decide, um, are you going to handle this internally or are you going to, you know, uh, outsource this to someone? Cause I mean, this is, at least one person's full-time job to, to handle this, you know, kind of a marketing person. Um, but there are plenty of people, you know, either agencies, services, individuals that will take your money. Um, and they will do, you know, not only just the email marketing side, but they'll do the whole marketing side. So I think first just deciding, are, are you going to handle this on your own or are you going to, um, you know, farm this out to someone else is important. No, I, I, I agree. That, that's, that's definitely, Kind of the whole do versus well, I was I was gonna say uh, build versus buy, but it's definitely that that sort of subject, right? Do you do you have the bandwidth to do that? Um, there's like Kyle mentioned, there's a great number of partners, 
in the industry in self-storage that will happily do that for you and have set strategies and benchmarks already. So you can always augment your team through them, learn from them, and maybe start moving that stuff internally after a few months or years after you have to learn and grow your team. So that's definitely important. On the other end, you know, if you're looking at tools, right, uh, how, how are you building your, your whole inbound marketing, et cetera, uh, subset of your business? Uh, what tools are you using to, to build that infrastructure? Make sure like whenever you're looking at these tools, going back to a lot of the, the, the things and notes that we mentioned, right, you know, do they have uh, some of the, the tools to validate and keep your, your uh, test, uh, your list, make sure that that is healthy. Um, insights and analytics are, are crazy important, right? Um, being able to templatize and easily, uh, you know, WYSIWYG content around so you're not having to hire uh, a a website or, or a designer or whatnot to to code HTML or CSS on your on your newsletters, right? So making sure that there's a, a tool out there that kind of does that all for you to just make it simple is important. The last thing I'd say, uh, kind of referencing back to uh, some of my other kind of notes, is you know this tool, like making sure that. You know, once you, you're thinking about email reputation, right, and your own domain's health, um, I think it's it's key. I think you have to make sure that that is up to standards. Um, there's tools out there like SendGrid or, or SenderScore that will tell you what your health is. So you understand, um, you know, hey, my, my our email domain is, is it's correct. This is why you might need to have two domains, two different email domains for your transactional emails, for your current customers versus your marketing emails for your, like your sales and leads. So, so this, the, whenever somebody hits, Hey, this email is spam, it doesn't affect your, your health score. Right. So I think those, those are things that you want to ask. Uh, if you're going the, the route of an agency or a partner, ask those questions, or if you're doing it yourself, make sure that they're in, um, you know, your back pocket. Uh, so you, you kind of start diving in and, and, and answering the, those type of questions. Yeah. And just lastly, some of the features that I would put really high on the list just follows up with everything that we've talked about today. Uh, and that's really the ease of AB testing, uh, the ability to integrate into your CRM, uh, easy contact segmentation. Uh, it'd be awesome if there's analytics around that segmentation. And then Kyle touched on this earlier, making sure that it helps you design for both desktop and mobile. Um, those are kind of the big ones. Uh, I know that we use a couple of things internally. Uh, we use MailChimp. We use HubSpot. Both of those are amazing tools that are agnostic to industry, uh, and, and we like them for specific, you know, purposes. Whether it be customer emails or sales emails, uh, you know, HubSpot's an inbound marketing machine. There's a ton of different tools with workflows and macros that you can create. Uh, same with uh, Mailchimp, and Mailchimp uh, is built on top of a really powerful. Uh, email by API provider called Mandrel, uh, which allows for you to start to actually build automations if you wanted to into your property management system as well, too. So uh, just a couple of things to look at, ask about, you know, whether you're going with an agency or looking for specific tools as well. I'd also add <clears throat> within those tools and resources, I already mentioned SendGrid. Um, and 
I would say if you're really nerdy, right, and you really like automation, workflows, and 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 conditional sequencing and logic, right, we touched on personalization at scale. Active campaign uh, is really powerful if you want to get really in the weeds with you know how you're you're slicing and dicing your audience and what you can do with conditional uh, formatting. Uh, so that's pretty much like logic trees and variables, um, what you can do with those to send specific emails to the right persona. So I think it's it's really important um, to to really assess your options and whatnot. And don't again, don't be afraid to look at other industries and see what's been working over there. E-commerce is is a great place to look at Amazon, right? Like how, how do they... How do they reach back out to their customers? Like the whole abandoned cart um, use case of being able to, if, if, if you've tracked all the way, uh, a lead all the way to them choosing a store, but then they didn't click the reserve button, but you have their email ready and all that, use that to your to your advantage and be able to send them a, uh, an email a few hours later uh, with like a promo code just to get them back into the cart so they can actually reserve and, and finish off their, the, the reservation. So think about some of those tools that are out there, Clavio, ActiveCampaign, and a bunch of others that a lot of the big e-commerce or retails uh, use and, and see how that can apply in, in self-storage and into your business. I have one last tool, uh, and it's a little bit different than the, you know, hey, these are the platforms you can go use. But this is a, a tool that you can utilize to help you generate engaging content, content that is personalized, and that is copy.ai. And this is a really interesting use case. Uh, if you're not following along with what's going on in the generative AI trends, uh, this one specifically is around creating engaging marketing copy, uh, whether it be for your website, for email marketing campaigns, for subject lines, et cetera. And the way that this works is you come in, you give the AI model a little bit of context hey, we are offering a 10% off. Uh, we're going to tie this in with Black Friday. We want to talk about the upcoming winter months and how to prepare your furniture for winter months, etc. And it comes out with pre-written marketing copy. And you can sift through the results, pick one that is closest to your brand personality, and then edit, polish, and then add that into your email platform of choice that we kind of just already touched on. Man, that and is this, so wild. Yeah, is this, gener <laughs> this generative AI stuff is really, really cool. We could dive into a whole bunch of different things, but this is a really cool one to go check out. We'll make sure that all these tools and platforms are linked to in the show notes as well. And I know we're AI is not there. Like, you know, a lot of people fear it's going to take over the world and whatnot. We're, definitely not there even close to that but some of the tools that are out there for with using ai generative ai it's pretty awesome uh, some of the stuff that you can do you can use to augment your your own uh work um and all that so watch out kyle <laughs> i know right <laughs> ai is coming for all of our jobs <laughs> yeah so i think that's a pretty good spot to wrap it up you know this is a I would consider this a pretty high level. You know, we, we can dive in deeper on a lot of these things. And I, I think we will in the future, uh, in, in future episodes. We've gotten a lot of feedback from everyone that, you know, they want to 
learn more and we could, I mean, we can sit here and talk for hours on this, but we're trying not to. <laughs> so I think this is a great intro episode to this. Look out for more, you know, diving deeper uh, in the future. And if you have feedback or comments, please let us know. Uh, we also have a feature um, on our anchor page. Uh, we'll link that uh, at the bottom of the show notes as well, where you can leave us a, a kind of a, a voicemail or a voice message. Um, and so that's a cool way to, for us to kind of interact asynchronously. But um, thanks for hanging out with us um, and nerding out with us. This uh, podcast is produced by us here at Swivel. And for more information, you can always go to tryswivel.com slash podcast. That's T-R-Y-S-W-I-V-L dot com.